Man, starting it. Yeah, Ooh, buddy. I don't, know how, I don't know how Nick does it. <laughs> hey, he, welcome he, to he, Function uh, Gamer. <laughs> he, he's a huge drinker, man. When, whenever we drive in together, he's just like he's just drinking whiskey. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. That's, that's how he takes beer. <laughs> well, this is this is all vodka. He's got the injury. Like he's got a hip flask. <laughs> he's got a belt of hip flasks. <laughs> <laughs> you know that battery charger that he brought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just took the battery out. And pulls it with it. This explains some some uniques that he's designed as well. Now. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> right here we go. Hey, welcome to Front Seat Gamer, episode 45. I'm Blake, I'm joined with by Severn. Hey, man. And Rory. Yep, that's me. And Chris from Grinding Gear Games. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Yep, very good. Yep. Um, so we were supposed to have, this was supposed to be a designer talk, like last week was mm-hmm. the artist talk, uh, but Carl couldn't make it, unfortunately, but uh, Chris was good enough to step in. <laughs> um so what have you guys been up to what have you what have you guys been playing what have we been playing uh i've been playing a bunch of starbound oh yeah I, um which i'm uh, playing with some friends which is pretty cool we built a giant pyramid base over the ocean uh, okay. on an ocean planet so that's cool um so I, I have a quick question about that game yeah um because it starbound came up when i was trying to explain why i like no man's sky a mm-hmm. few a few podcasts ago yeah 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 um why uh, why would you build a base on one planet, like put so much effort into building a base on one planet when you are just going to leave that planet? Uh, they have teleporters now, so you can uh, place a teleporter, which is an expensive thing. You can't do that everywhere. Okay. But if you've got a base, you place yeah. a teleporter there, so oh, okay. you can so jump you, back you, whenever. you end up having like a home a home world that you always go back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's um, cool. And you, you can build up your ship. You could use your ship as your base. Right. Um, and you can do the same thing of taking out the walls, but the planet has more control and things like that. And if you're going to set up a farm, then it definitely needs to be outdoors. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. At first. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you can have like, so can you, you can fully just have like off world, like you have the, the home base, but then you have like off world colonies that like, this yeah, is my yeah. farm colony. And then this is my yeah. whatever colony. Yeah. Um, in the, uh, that particular case, we made a rail that goes halfway along the planet. So you get one of the like, Bioshock Infinite style hook rail. You get a hook and slide along the rail <laughs> um, until you get to the the Fluffalo farm. Which <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah, the top turns out the top tier game and um, top tier gear in the game is most easily obtained by farming Fluffalo. Uh, you get ele- electric Fluffalo and molten Fluffalo and ice Fluffalo. Oh man, and poison Fluffalo, and then you can make some cool stuff I'm there. Picturing uh, candy floss covered. Buffalo? Yeah, that's uh, exactly. A bit cuter too. than that, but yeah. A bit cuter. <laughs> a bit geez. cuter. All they're right. like, they're super cute, man. Um, but, Are they uh, almost like a Pokemon looking cute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, my wife was very upset because she spent all her, her pixels, which is the currency in the game, on getting one and came home to find it just a, a pile of meat on the ground. Uh. <laughs> so I had to make a Fluffalo farm. And then I discovered that Fluffalo farm was the best source of top tier gear. So oh, Cool. Yeah. Um, so I haven't I haven't played that game since beta, and it was like it was pretty cool in beta. But mm-hmm. like, 
have I I liked um like going to planets and finding weird stuff like uh, oh yeah that is still the core gameplay okay like yeah it's it's a cultural appropriation game where you just travel to other planets take their cool stuff use it to we've got a museum in our base now with all the different stuff and an entire line of all the costumes that we've found and it does have a plot story like a quest story quests to it which you could just ignore um they, yeah. they, they give you no like permanent I remember it benefits. Had, it had but, bosses that you Yeah, yeah. So those are now part of the, the main storyline okay. quest. Um which is it's pretty cool. Like it's it's a good polished storyline, but you don't need to play it and yeah, you mm-hmm. might as well just travel the world and travel the worlds and yep. get cool stuff. Mm-hmm. That um, that's cool. Like I thought this the you know, the sort of quest line in that was more of a guidance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, like yeah, how yeah. Minecraft is just like open. You're just like, okay, go. If it had a little bit of a, you know, some sort of guidance, like building up to fighting this boss and then building up to fighting that boss, it'd give you something to aim for and then you sort of just, you know, wherever you go from there is, is really up to you, but it gives you like a framework. Right, yeah. It, it's like that where it you start off, now you want to go to an aquatic planet, but um, or yeah, you want to go to the moon, or you can't do that without building an air breather. And right. so that, in order to progress the story, you also want to progress how how many planets you can visit, oh, okay. and then you end up getting to frozen planets and radioactive planets and molten planets mm. uh, by getting the upgrades that you get through progressing through the game, and then you can complete the story missions in those areas. That's cool, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think the most fun part is when you just uh, go find your friends in town, and they're like, "Check out this crazy weapon I've got! This mm-hmm. uh, gun that shoots <laughs> hands, or something like that." Um, <laughs> Or the sword that creates tears in space time. Oh, I found I, I found a cool sword that looked like a giant clock hand. Yeah. And if you hit someone with it with the energy using power, it just stops their time and they're just frozen in time for a while. Oh, oh you man. can't do anything. So yeah, there's all sorts of like cool stuff to find. Or like check out this weird statue that I found. Or I found this uh, darkness biome where everything like there were these shadow people everywhere, oh. and I got this shadow set of armor that just makes you look just pitch black. Um, and uh, yeah, there's always like, yeah, our, our museum needs to keep growing and growing to put all the cool stuff that we find. There. Oh, so you're just the collector from Guns of the Galaxy. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you kind of sort of save the universe if it's around, but mostly you just care about getting the, some rare artifact that these people had. Yeah. You yeah. just go and invade their city and be like, I'm going to take your prized statue of yeah, the greatest yeah, hero. Yeah. <laughs> I got a good spot in my unit in my museum for this statue. Yeah, yeah, and and the the combat is fun and the mining is cool and all that stuff. But yeah, it's all about finding cool new stuff. Mm. What's the coolest thing you've found? Um, probably the sword that tears a hole in space when you use it and occasionally yeah. sucks stuff in there. There is this cool crossbow that is made from um, farming fluffalo as well, uh, <laughs> which you can. Uh, <laughs> load different kinds of ammunition yeah. through and you can have like black hole ammunition and stuff like that which is it, pretty cool it's a crossbow yeah made out of fluffalo is it called the oh, fluffalo you, you buy it <laughs> you buy it with the stuff that that you harvest off fluffalo ah. yeah <laughs> i was yeah. imagining something made out of like the horns of the buffalo with the fluff string in between like <laughs> no. fluffalo <laughs> i like it i like yeah. it um, yeah and I've also been playing a bit of Particle Mace, uh, which I've been playing on mobile, but it's available on Steam as well. Um, okay. Which is 
sort of like asteroids. You're a spaceship trying to survive in an asteroid field and enemies come and attack you, except you don't have any weapons. Instead, you've just got a, you're towing some particles behind you mm. and so you swing them around like a mace um, to destroy asteroids and enemies. Um, and there's got a cool mission mission series where it's just a whole bunch of challenges. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I'm keen to get it on Steam because it has four black op, which I imagine would be completely crazy. Oh yeah, having all yeah. these people swinging their particles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a like! I'm always looking for a decent mobile game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you reckon that is depends what kind. I mostly look for RPGs. Yeah, mobile. same. Um, and there's one uh, that is really good that I've forgotten the name of. Give me a second. I'll get back to you on that. You all should right. ask other people what they've been playing while I <laughs> get back to you. Talking about mobile games. Oh. Uh, I actually hadn't been uh, playing too many game games, but I did release an Android version of my game that I've oh, been yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Wait, is it oh. probably released? Yeah, it's version one on uh, the Google Play Store. Oh, shit. And, awesome. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's out. <laughs> that, that's what I've been <laughs> Wait, doing last week. How many week. downloads? <laughs> I, I don't want to say. <laughs> it's too many? Yeah. Yeah. It's too many to count. It, those triple digits, man. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it's. um. It's pretty low, but yeah. it's it's weird because I just have no way to get it out there. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's, that's... Once you have a thing, it's like, how do I market this thing? Man, it, well, when I was working at Rush Digital, right, we did, like, iPhone games. Mm. And we were like a company, and that was still a problem. Like, how do you market it? And it was just, like, me going around a whole bunch of forum sites saying, hey, check out this game. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that work out? <laughs> so you were the artist and PR guy. Oh yeah, I was. I was the Sean Murray of the, of the group. Actually, I could have taken like points from Sean Murray and just yep. said that you can do everything in this game. Yeah. Have you thought about doing that? Uh, just saying being that. The Sean Murray. Just lying about what's in your game. Well, there's no forum. There's no. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's very, it's very hard. I, I thought I could just release it and just leave it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that, that's what that's what you hear, right? by successful people they're like yeah we put this game out and overnight it was like mm. 100 million people downloaded <laughs> mm. it well with, I think with Angry Birds weren't they like a massive marketing company anyway Rovio yeah they, mm. that was like um, uh, I can't remember that, that, they'd, they'd put out a lot of games that didn't actually do well and Angry Birds was kind of like their final shot yeah mm. like if Angry Birds didn't do well the company would have gone under yeah well it, yeah, it's out. It's good because it was a thing I always kind of thought about and worked on in my free time. And now just to set it out, yep. set it free and just kind of mm. work on something else. Dude, that's it, awesome. It feels good because it's like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Have you, yeah, have you gone to, um, what's the one, Touch Arcade is like the main, or at least five years ago when I was doing that stuff, it was like the main mobile I haven't game done anything. Hub I, I've, I've literally just published it. Ah, yeah, yeah. So what's that's, it called? It's called Turret Town. Turret Town? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a casual-ass casual game. And no one listening would want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know that. Like, I'd play it. I've been playing it. Well, um, what I would say is that if you have access to small children, put it, put it in front of them. <laughs> put it in That's front an of interesting them. phrase. <laughs> because, because I, like, I, I in, in mind, designed it for kids. Yeah. To play. Right, so right. It's, it's very much a, a casual game. Yeah. Sounds like up my alley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Zero check effort. it out. Yeah, Do you have yeah, access yeah. to small children, Rory? Uh, <laughs> not you're not nearby, allowed anymore. I don't know. <laughs> don't know if I'm allowed to just go off and <laughs> give them games, but um, no, no. 
Um, I found the game oh, that yeah. I was talking about, um, Battle Heart Legacy, um, is a pretty solid action RPG on mobile. Hmm. I think it's got everything you'd want on a mobile thing. That's cool. Um, and Solomon's Keep is another good one. Um, oh, okay. If you're after RPGs. Yeah. Um, that, man, the thing with like phone RPGs is that I, I think they try to... Um, they try to copy, well, they try to recreate um, what's on like consoles mm-hmm. or or, um, or or PC, but the controls and like if I if I um, flick through their their screenshots, I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool. But then I see an on-screen touchpad. I'm not playing that game because yeah. I'm, I hate on-screen touchpads. Right, right. Like they're not. They're trying to force, you know, a controller onto a system that doesn't really work well with controllers. I think you can do it right. It's just really, really hard. Like mm-hmm. one, one in a hundred games that have a touchpad actually get the feeling and the movement right. Um, yeah, actually, the the um, game that I was just talking about, uh, Particle Mace, it has a controller type thing. Right. But half the challenge is getting the hang of the <laughs> controller. But once you do, you, know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you feel like a god with it. But yeah. I mean, it's just it's plugging yeah. a Bluetooth controller. Yeah, yeah. But at that point, you're playing console games, so. Yeah, <laughs> might as well be on your computer. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's really interesting. It's hard to do right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It it really is because there's no like you know tactile feedback. Mm. I, I've played plenty of RPG, like JRPGs and so on on phone that are mm. ruined by the by the touchpad mm. controller. Like you need to just be able to click on the screen and have your character walk there. Like that's naturally what I want to do. Oh, like a mouse. Yeah, like a mouse, mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. Use yeah. your finger as a mouse. That's, mm-hmm. you know. There's there's also the problem of uh, I, I don't play too many RPGs, but as soon as you add controllers like that, it takes up screen real estate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's for just sure. like mm. you're, you're looking at thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But having it so that you have to tap anywhere on the screen is going to mean there's a giant thumb. Like mm. you have to consider a yeah. giant thumb as part of your UI design when making the mm. <laughs> the game. Swipe, swipes pretty fun yeah yeah <laughs> it works yeah we um one of our first games that we made at rush digital was called swipe slammers nice and it was like you the main mo- like all you did was swipe left or right mm-hmm. and you were just like controlling this ball that was like hooning down this pipe and you just avoided obstacles by swiping left and right mm-hmm. and yeah that ended up being like kind of cool but <laughs> where was the slammer part oh the, the slammer was the ball because the the ball was like a little character and you could pick different slammers and they all had like little different personalities <laughs> awesome. so it was just a texture on a ball <laughs> <laughs> so your game yeah. have you found that it's better on mobile or tablet like do you prefer just playing on one or the other i have only in in my mind it was more f- for a mobile device right, um, right. I, no i haven't tried it on a tablet oh, but right. i guess the textures would look complete <laughs> like, right 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 know, <laughs> It'd be because I've designed it for a five-inch screen <laughs> instead of a uh, seven-inch screen or whatever. Gotcha. <laughs> How does that work with like going from a phone to a tablet? Will it just like on Android? Will it just automatically kind of rescale itself? Yeah, Chris, did you work on UI much? For uh, for Android. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, for for work. Oh right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just scales right to the screen size. Yeah, I mean. Like a work, we don't use Unity or anything like that. But <laughs> like we, yeah, we sort of like anchor the the things to corners of the screen. Yeah. So if it scales up, it just stays in those corners. Yeah. The same as 
uh, used for Unity. You, mm. you can anchor menus to certain sections of the screen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, right. yeah, so it just scales. But also, I haven't even tested it. So yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> it, could, oh, it could be completely broken. One thing I did find is um, certain mobile devices register swipes at, at different speeds. Okay. And so oh. um, you almost want, well, I, I think I need to add a sensitivity slider. Right, because, right. Because huh. um, I've been testing on my phone, which yep. is a Google Nexus phone. Uh, and a, one of my other developers in Russia, he was uh, playing on his Asus Zen phone, I think. Okay. And it is way sluggish on his phone. He's actually right. having to scrub a couple times just oh, to wow. turn the turret hmm. around. Um, huh. Yeah. And so it's really bad. On How old is this like phone, it. though? Maybe that's... I, I think that's a pretty new phone. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But but it's something to do with the the resolution as well. Yeah. Of, of the device. Right, right. Mm. Uh, I've seen a few games that would have had this issue, I guess, had a thing at the start, like during the tutorial, they say swipe from here to here. Mm-hmm. And that is used from that point on to determine the sensitivity. That's like very the, cool. Just the sensitivity. You can change it again later, but yeah. Okay. Which is a problem if someone doesn't swipe the whole way and screws themselves up for the rest <laughs> of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, so everyone should download Turret Town. Turret Town. If you've got, you got kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially if you've got kids. Just give your, give your expensive tablet to your kids. <laughs> yeah, sure. Dude, um, both my sisters have kids, right? And uh, both their phones are just shattered. Like, that's just uh, a thing that happens. Yep. Like, you give your phone, like, a kid will get a hold of a phone and instantly just, like, shatter it. it, it yeah. <laughs> so you need, like, heavy-duty case on your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. And some kind case. of thick-ass screen protector that, yeah. Oh, man. Um, have you been ne- Never have kids, is, is the moral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have I been playing anything? Yeah, you've been your playing kids. anything else? Like, uh, you've been playing a lot of Rocket League. You invited me to... <laughs> play Rocket League. Yeah, that, that's my troll. Yeah, and um, then I invited you to watch me play No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just Rocket League, mainly. Yeah. yeah. Anything uh, new in Rocket League? The, there's a new um, track coming out. Oh, dude, they did the um, they did the whole gambling thing. You know, the Overwatch buying mi- uh, oh, microtransactions, yep, yep. whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so they've got a whole Mystery bunch boxes. of... Mystery yeah, boxes. Yeah. They've got chests now that, that you have to buy keys for. <laughs> and, um, and I forget how it works, but... Um, you have a key, you unlock a chest, and then it spins a wheel, and then it will just get a prize. Oh man! From that thing at random. Yeah. Is there Similar cool stuff in there? Sure, if you, if you like stuff. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't change anything. But it's just completely uh, cosmetic. Wait, wasn't that game already giving you free stuff like hats and stuff you unlocked? Yep. Is yep. this uh, is this additional? There are common weapons, but then uh, sorry, common like looks and hats and things yeah. like that. But this the the chest stuff is. It looks kind of cool, I guess, okay. to some people. Can you, man? You don't sound too keen on this. I'm a, I'm a speed stripes kind of guy. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you have the plainest car. Yep. No microchannel. Yeah, it's no just flat one color. Yep. yep. <laughs> no aerial, no hat. It's just a cube. It's not even. That. Oh man. <laughs> and people have like neon lights and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need that. Guy. Dude, that shit's awesome. It'd be more streamlined without all that stuff. What's that? Gonna be more streamlined without all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's exact. It's yeah. weight reduction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these hats are adding weight to the car. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, can you buy? So like, you guys know my stance on mystery boxes, mm-hmm. which is funny because like mystery boxes are doing really well in part of Exile. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, I I so hate mystery boxes. <laughs> um, but can you buy um these things like outright? No. Yeah. No. Oh. They cannot. 
Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, well, some <laughs> it, it will give you some of them just as you play, okay. like randomly. Yeah. Um, but it's usually garbage. You know, you just get these common yeah. hats and. That's so much like that's heaps like Overwatch. Like Overwatch will give you the stuff that you get in a mystery box. It's yeah. just the mystery box. I guess you have a higher chance of getting the coolest stuff. Yep, it's um, it's very much gambling in, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm not for that shit. Yeah, but again, it's super weird that like that's what part of, fun's part, part of, of Exile. Yeah, yeah I guess basically. so. But I, I what I like in with Path of Exile is that um, you can just the stuff in the mystery box. Is stuff you can buy, right? Just like outright. Most right? of it, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of items that are exclusive, but they usually right. like hideout decorations or oh, something okay. like that that you wouldn't usually buy huge numbers of or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, like I'm fine with mystery boxes if you can buy the the stuff as well. But if the only way, like Overwatch, is if, if the only way you can buy anything is through a mystery box, I, I really don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Like imagine going to a shop that is just a lucky dip shop you know you mean the lotto kiosk oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can't i just buy a million dollars well they have the figurines uh, in japan they have whole stores dedicated to the the figurines that you get from those little oh things. yeah oh yeah and you buy the thing for like 50 cents but you go into the store and you find ones that are worth like 50 dollars 100 dollars <laughs> oh, there wow. that are like super rare ones yeah. that you can get hmm. um, japan loves that stuff though right some those, people certainly do, yeah. Goshapons, or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, they I remember there was, there was like an eight eight story building I went we went to in Akihabara that had all like so many figurines, like glass glass oh, cases for miles of all these figurines, <laughs> which is really cool to see. Oh, dude, yeah, because um, yeah. So I guess for the for the listeners, like you just had a big world trip, like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks. You came back a few weeks ago. We went to you went to. Everywhere, uh, Europe and, and Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything awesome? Like you're talking about figurines. Anything you get? Anything awesome from? Uh, what was the cool stuff? Hey, we we went to the Warner Brothers World and the Warner Brothers Studios in um, UK. Seeing all that Harry Potter stuff was pretty cool. Like, did you have some butter beer? We had it. It was kind of disappointing. It was just <laughs> like sweet creaming soda oh, stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, but seeing all the like concept art all the sketches like the um the sketches of the buildings from the place and all the yep. different creatures was just amazing like they just had them plastered all along the walls in this one room and the scale model they had for hogwarts was oh. colossal like yeah. like giant spiral staircase going Whoa. all the way around it how yeah. big was it then the scale model uh it was like i don't know like 15 meters tall like th- like yeah, two or three stories tall um yep, yep. and and wide as well i mean you know it, the yeah. scale awesome. model yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and it went all the way down to the water around the bottom but, oh yeah, shit it was cool. cool it it made me want to go back and watch harry potter which uh-huh. i haven't done in a long time so yeah yeah it was real cool um and we got some uh some cool cool mugs for our flatmates and for us we got them some Gryffindor mugs and a yeah. Ravenclaw mug for me and Slytherin one for my wife so yeah <laughs> oh wow did, did you just houses. give your wife the Slytherin one she she was uh, like the whole bus ride over was talking about how Slytherin gets a really bad rap they're just like being ambitious Dude. is not a negative trait <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree <laughs> um, yep Yep, I'm about ethical standards above um, personal ambition, but yeah, <laughs> I, I respect it. Oh man, 
<laughs> See, I'm, I'm all about Slytherin and I'm all about Lannisters. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because they pay the juice? <laughs> oh, because they always pay their debts. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, they, did, did you? Did they have a um, hat picking? Whatever. Oh, a sorting hat? Yeah, a sorting hat. Yeah. They, they had the, the original sorting hat there at the yep. thing, but did it do anything? you couldn't put it on. Oh, maybe it did talk a little bit. Yeah, I think they had an animatronic one mm. elsewhere. Um, <laughs> so there was yeah. no, like, you got to sit there and have it put on your head and it tell you what. No, no. This Although, manky hat. Yeah, <laughs> just it's been on a thousand people's, <laughs> million people's heads. Yeah. Riddled with lice. <laughs> have you guys done the Patronus thing that's blowing up Twitter at the moment? What? Where no, you, what's You this? can you know, go to the Pottermore site and uh, answer some uh, questions and figure out what your Patronus oh, is. Oh, right, yeah. Some people were very yeah. upset because they were chosen, their salmon was their Patronus. Well, I <laughs> they, don't want. they don't want a salmon. What was... um. You're going to have to refresh me. Like, what was Patronus? It was like your spirit animal or something? I think you, it's some spell that takes the shit. I can't remember. Cause, cause I didn't speak too wasn't, long. Wasn't Potter's a stag or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a stag that was also maybe his dad? I, <laughs> I, I, I only saw that movie once. <laughs> I cannot remember. I can tell you how the prosthetics were done, but I can't tell you what happened in the movies oh, now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. And there was a bunch of other... Th- I mean... Uh, France and Prague and Sweden were all amazing. Um, uh, I think yeah. um, I, I think this uh, kind of shows where your head was at when uh, you came back and I asked you, oh man, how was your trip? And your first answer was like, yeah, great. I caught a Mr. Mime and we saw a Farfetch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, um, our, our flatmates were all sad because we weren't able to catch them one as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was, uh, there was lots of fun Pokemon time to be had. Spent too much money on roaming and some cards and stuff. Oh, yeah, so dude, that must have been stuff. expensive. But, um, yeah, the the phone bill when I go back was crazy. Was that, was that Mr. Mime? How much was that Mr. Mime worth, worth in the end? Um, that one, we just got it from our apartment in Paris, just sat there and like, oh, look, over there, there's Mr. Mime. Yeah, okay. That was, the, that was easy, the, getting all those Pidgeys all over the place. That was... That was what we spent much far too much roaming money money on Pidgeys, I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. But after that, I don't think. Yeah, I think this kind of put, after we couldn't catch a Farfetch in Japan, mm. it's put us off the game. What's the point anymore? <laughs> have a Farfetch. What yeah. is the point of that game? I I don't think you're supposed to ask that question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nostalgia, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Got to catch them all. We've been conditioned since kids to catch them yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, what what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing quite a bit of Path of Exile. Oh, actually. yeah. It's a cool now game. I've heard of the, uh, yeah, I've heard of this yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> what build have you been playing? Um, well, I, I in in games like this, I always have to make like five characters. Yeah, and yeah. I will take them to like level forty, and then and then make a new one. Um. But I've been enjoying an uh, Essence Drain oh, yeah. curse, curse build. Um, right, right. That's been pretty fun. Cool. Um, yeah, and a Reeve uh, character. And I tried the uh, like Pathfinder Blade Vortex for a bit as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that seems pretty popular at the moment. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun because I haven't really worked on this um, expansion in, at all. Mm-hmm. So it's been uh, like a new experience for me as well. Right, right, of, right. You know. Yeah, usually you're one of the ones making the skills and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah like with um, Awakening, I didn't really feel like playing it because I'd already been through Malachi's area like, a thousand times at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't really want to do it again. 
Yeah, that, um, that is the weird thing when like working on a game is that you f- you feel like you're playing it all the time and when you go well I mean you you working on it all the time and when you go to like play it like casually you just feel like you're at work <laughs> like you just see problems yeah 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 I mean are you guys the same like I do that all the time um I feel like when I'm playing at work it's always in such short bursts it's mm-hmm. like okay let's test out this character at 10 and then then at 20 and then at 30 and test in different situations. That's not really playing it. Yeah, it's not really playing it. Like, sadly, I don't have the time to do a full playthrough of the game anymore except, like, in a week before release or something like that. Um, And even then, like, yeah, most of our actual gameplay stuff comes from feedback. So when you actually do play the game, you're like, oh, this is actually a nice relaxing experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And especially because I usually play from build guides rather than making up the stuff as oh, they really? go um and seeing how this crazy stuff plays out is very different from testing it out in game when you're just doing the sort of what most players will experience mm. um when it at least comes to the design side of things mm. yeah yeah at work is uh, i'm a one of the programmers and at work we we run the debug builds of the game and um, just so we get all the information when something crashes, and that runs at like ten frames per second or something. Mm, mm. And uh, it's nice going home and having like a nice smooth frame rate, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can spawn as many things as I want, and and well, I can't spawn things at home, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can fight as many things as I want, and the yeah, game doesn't yeah. hang on me. And yeah, great save. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, w- I wish we could support all the things we want. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's ethical standards. <laughs> it's funny, like um, my my friends, um, they often ask me, like, "Oh man, what are your like as a developer? What are your powers in the game? Like, can you <laughs> just like spawn stuff or make stuff? You know, like um, yeah, yeah, like because because their rev- like point of reference is a uh, like a GM in um in World of Warcraft who has yep, like yep. super crazy powers, and they just assume that that's how I play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we get a yellow name. Ooh. Yeah, 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 we get a yellow name. That's we get it. yellow text, and we yeah. can occasionally mute people for a short time. Well, also, <laughs> that is a good power. The, the yellow text I makes me afraid to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people will see it as a developer, and then I'll start getting a bunch of questions that I don't know the answer to. I feel like that's the most positive interaction I've had with players is when I've just been trading with someone, and I forgot to turn yellow text off, oh, and right. I say, um, say thanks, and they're like, oh, what, why you? Uh, why you got yellow text? Oh, you're a dev. Th- thanks for the great game. Whatever. Oh, like wow. they cool. haven't had time to think about all the nasty things they could say. If they uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> thanks but, for game, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, you get a whisper from them saying, "Why is everything terrible?" Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's good, and it's good to actually just meet people playing the game and enjoying the game. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's positive stuff. It's cool. Are you just playing Path of Exile? Oh, I've been uh, a few other things as well. Um, I've been playing. I was playing the is it Battlefield or Battlefront. Battlefield. Field, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Battlefield oh, ba- one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oh man, that, that was pretty cool. I think you talked about it quite a bit last week with, oh, with George. Yeah, um, I was just. Yeah, it's, it's so it's too awesome. <laughs> that yeah, that yeah. game looks. <laughs> yeah. I'm lost for words. Yeah, yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, d- did you play the beta? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When's it out? Like, because what you guys it's were saying has made me really excited mid, for this game. Mid October. <laughs> oh, cool. So like, yeah, yeah. two weeks <laughs> away. Uh, are you, are yeah. you gonna get on that? I think so. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I played the Battlefront beta quite a bit as well, and I didn't really get in on that afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like I'd sort of... It's quite bad that I didn't buy it, I guess, after playing the beta, but um, I felt like I'd sort of seen everything from the Star Wars one okay. at the end of it, but yeah. um, well, they, this, they this one I'm really excited for it. Yeah. That, that Star Wars one sort of had no content when it came out, apparently. You just shoot people, right? Well, yeah, and it had something like five environments or something, and then they charged you for like the additional ones. It was oh, really dirty, yeah, man. Yeah, when you looked yeah. at it from the from yeah, the I didn't, I didn't like that. Like map packs, people love map packs. They'll pay for map packs. <laughs> yeah, but dude, uh, yeah, Battlefield, the destruction's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked about photogrammetry. It's, it's oh man, yeah, legit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Those rocks. The, yeah, dude, yeah. can't get enough of them. But the lighting's good too. It, it's actually so good that when you look at characters' faces, that they kind of don't look real because of the because everything else looks so real. Oh, around. right, yeah. Right, right. They haven't photogrammetry their face. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did, but it's just uh, I, I, I'm not sure. There's like so much detail on the ground. Yeah. That when you look at a there's character, a disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Well, it's not. When I looked at the faces, I'm comparing it to Uncharted, and I'm like, oh, ah, this is right. Yeah. Right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the sounds are really nice as well. Oh um, yeah. Like um, I don't usually notice sound design too much and, until it's done really well. Like this and Elite Dangerous, you know you. It's really impactful. Like I think um, I unlocked a new sniper rifle in this, and I remember firing it for the first time. I was like, "Wow, that would that would really hurt if that hit me." <laughs> like, yeah, that sounded really good. That's that's the thing too. I think because of the era, like the guns mm, had yeah. a more I don't know like vicious sound. Yeah, yeah. Than like I don't know like no, no earmuffs. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. <laughs> raw sound. Yeah, just raw sound. <laughs> just raw dong in the sound. <laughs> Yeah, because that's I remember, um, dude. Like Saving Private Ryan, you know, mm. that first scene, you're just like, man, the sound in this and that, that whole movie of like the guns just, ba-ching, yeah, and you you that hear was World the World War Two, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was World War Two, so this yeah. is like, I mean, it's similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's modern. War. It's not modern guns that you it's, know. It's the sequel to the World War One. Yeah, it was so a sequel. It's basically, the same <laughs> right. with a few additions. <laughs> dude, did yeah. you have um, fun playing that? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh, did you play with mates? Uh, no, no, I didn't. No, um, I should have probably asked you guys if you were playing it as well. How how well did you do? Because I was <laughs> always towards the bottom of the the leaderboard. With with shooters, it it varies so much with me. Um, I had a few games where I did really well and I was like at the top, but um, yeah, I I I've had really good games or really bad games and never anything in in between. Okay, yeah. but um, but yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um. So you're gonna buy it? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What you guys have said has made me want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't bought a for the rocks. <laughs> yeah, for the rocks. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, and I haven't, I haven't bought a um, battlefield game since like uh, Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Since Nam. Since Nam. <laughs> since back in Nam. Yeah. Um, so we got some questions. Oh, Did we yeah. get into questions? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, I mean, I, actually, I could talk about what I've been playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing... Um, I can talk a little bit, but I've talked about it before. I've been playing Stellaris. Back into Stellaris. I've gotten into this since No Man's Sky, this weird space thing where I want a good space <laughs> game. <laughs> Just wait for uh, Star Citizen, man. Oh, God. Dude, um, oh, man, some... Whenever that gets released in yeah. 2018 or something. Oh, sh- if, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Man, I've... 
<laughs> I saw some uh I saw some story on on uh online somewhere about No Man's Sky's like development thing mm. and how it actually might be a mess. No Man's Sky? No, uh Star Citizen, Star Citizen yeah. Uh, well they they were kind of saying that like um they're uh like they got all that crowdfunding stuff mm-hmm. right and it's basically like they they weren't sure exactly what to kind of do with all this money mm-hmm. and so they started outsourcing to a bunch of different studios and having those like there wasn't good communication between studios and there was this story of like one one studio was doing the interiors of a building mm-hmm. and another studio was doing the exteriors okay huh. and when they put those together they weren't at the correct scale oh, <laughs> but you know there's a minor issue um scale maybe with, with 3d I, I, yeah i'm um, what well, you think you just like select it and then just scale it all down yeah I'd, i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know they made it sound like it was like a much much bigger deal i mm. i'm always a little skeptical when i hear shit like that yeah because what they showed off at gamescom looked good it looked oh, like yeah. there mm. definitely that is looked great progress in there yeah. with that video game so yeah. i don't know what to say about this i, th- I think article. like because they do have a lot of like uh, contracted out to a lot of sh- different studios doing different parts of it and i think it's just this maybe they didn't sort of plan like how to manage all that mm. and they that story i read basically kind of summed up that there was a lot of wasted money and time in not communicating properly between everything yeah that that's definitely bound to happen yeah, it, yeah. i'm sure it happens at every large yeah. studio i mean you you might have you know you were doing your mobile game with people overseas like you might have come across a oh. bit of a little bit of that no not too much no because <laughs> it was like direct yeah. one-to-one yeah. kind of oh thing. yeah yeah right, right. i remember um when i was unemployed i did a um collaborative thing with a bunch of people overseas and it got a little bit like that mm. nobody really knew what they were doing and we were meeting like once a week and half the people stopped showing up and mm. yeah it ends up kind of like that like that's a pretty common story yeah mm-hmm. yeah video games are hard man. yeah video yeah. games are hard. <laughs> oh dude yeah well communication is just tricky mm. e- even in office like yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah. Um, so to, to have a guy remotely and and uh, the only way you can communicate is over email. It's yeah. definitely putting up more hurdles. Yeah. Yeah, every time. Um, there was a talk at NZGDC about communication and how important it is and stuff like that. And it's stuff that we all, all know, but you know, to have it reiterated again, yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, actually, this is mm. super important. You can't over-communicate, kind of. And it's kind of, you need to com- be communicating with each developer in a different way. Like, you learn how they work and how they work best. Like some people, they want to be involved with making decisions. Some yeah. people want to be told exactly what to do. Some people want somewhere in the middle where they get to put their own little creative twist on it mm. and not have to be told not start again if it's wrong. So, like, and every time you hire a new person, you've got to learn that about them and all the other different aspects of what they're good mm. at. And so, if you're bringing in like entire other companies, you got to know yeah. what that company is good at and what who different people in that company are going to be doing different yeah. things. It sounds like nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's can't a nightmare. Even imagine. <laughs> so it's no wonder there's been like issues, but but yeah, what they showed at Gamescom looked freaking awesome. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, No Man's Sky has made me want to play a good space game. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And so I started I started playing uh, Stellaris, and I got um, I got a uh, a mod, a few mods for it, but I got one mod that basically slows down the progress of that game like a lot because. Huh. <laughs> Because I I always was annoyed that like the the galaxy in that game never felt big enough 
like it was big, but it right. was never felt big enough. Like you very quickly ended up finding every civilization and realizing that you've basically expanded as far as you can. Um, what I wanted was like a really slow progression to like slowly discover the universe. So I'd got this mod that like restricts um, restricts your uh, your FTL distance. You're, so basically, you can't travel to as many stars. Um, and then, then I also download a mod that uh, increases the density of stars. So <laughs> instead of like making the because the the galaxies had a, were a fixed size, and all the mods that were like bigger galaxy weren't actually bigger they were just denser right so and and it was like a hard like set limit to to how big a galaxy could be so i managed to make it so that instead of being bigger it's denser but the amount that you can travel travel is smaller so it's (laughs) essentially bigger yeah 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 and uh yeah i'm really liking it awesome (laughs) (laughs) how's the content in that game i haven't seen screenshots um it's it's cool like um is it all procedural no, not really. No? No, not... I mean, to an extent, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I guess they have a big table of, like, um, um, like star system names. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the names aren't procedurally generated or anything. But um, because you do, like, if, if when these larger systems, you do end up having double-up names, which can be... Uh, in these larger galaxies, you have double-up names. Because, because of the mod, right. Yeah, because there's only a certain number of, of names. Yep. But um, the systems themselves, I guess, are like probably procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do you get into that same problem with No Man's Sky? Where <laughs> oh, no, no. no. In, in no Man's Sky, it's a, if, if you want to look at it that way, like, yeah, every system, you go to it and you kind of know what you're going to find. You're mm. going to find a bunch of planets that you can put mining stations on or colonize and stuff like that. But um, like that is the game, okay. you know. So you're building stuff, and it's, you're not like flying around landing on planets. You're uh, you're. It's a civilization management game. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. following you now. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're. <laughs> it's 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 civ and it's civilization gotcha. in yeah, space. Yeah, I'm following. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But they have these um, these they have uh, events that pop up, and they're all text, right? Like I was telling you in my last game how. I had a, uh, I found a, a planet with a pre-space, um, pre-space age civilization, right? And they were just, uh, what were they? Probably like machine age or something. So they were, um, you know, uh, uh, like 1800s kind of steam age mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and so I set up a, uh, a observation post. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and we're just observing them, you know, and and you get like uh, when you do that, you get um, a a resource from them for um, for research, you know, that go, that goes towards your research. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, these story events kept happening on this particular research station, where um, it popped up saying that like one of the researchers had disappeared and nobody knew where he had gone. And we're like, oh, that's weird. But I had no <laughs> options, and it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's weird. And then a few years later, it popped up that there was a um, a prophet had appeared on the planet <laughs> and he was claiming that he was like like you know some god in in in, in human form and doing all, like doing all these miracles and and creating a, a following and we were like and it, it was like oh is he using advanced technology or something yeah yeah i was like okay i had still had no options to do anything and then uh a few years passed and i get another event saying that um he had uh, this prophet had formed a basically a massive massive cult like 
Nazi type thing yeah, yeah. around him and it was actually that missing scientist from a few years back who had gone down to this planet and started his own like Nazi cult thing using advanced technology and had and now he's all his followers had all this advanced technology and were just taking over the planet Oh and goodness. so then I finally had an option to intervene and go get them. And so I had to go there with like warships and, and um, basically have this like massive war with, with him and his <laughs> faction with all the rest of the population as kind of collateral. Oh man. And so we got, we got him out, but um, that planet, uh, we, we got him out and he was, you know, uh, sent back to the home world or whatever and blah, blah, blah. That wasn't important, but that planet um, ended up advancing into the atomic age because of the, all this like, advanced technology right but they weren't ready for the atomic age and a few years later i get this thing saying that these factions are still warring against each other even though this prophet had gone uh and they ended up nuking themselves into like the (laughs) bronze age (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so they then became a bronze age civilization (laughs) oh my goodness which i and i kept monitoring them and then um you know a few years later maybe it was like a hundred years in gameplay time uh, an, another group of these scientists had gone down to the planet and started doing the same thing again with these Bronze Age guys, <laughs> but they'd fully like um, they'd they'd done the whole ancient alien thing and set up like pyramids and stuff and like they'd done it like that and been like we're you know we're gods we were straight up gods and look at all our magic powers and stuff which is just their advanced technology and so we had to go down again and get these guys out and there was less of a problem there, but then a few years later I see that. Um, a rival faction had come up who were also um, worshipping these like fake gods but in a different way and so there were a rival religion had popped up and started <laughs> building their own pyramids on this planet and then they were fighting each other and at some point I was like I think I gotta stop this like yeah, yeah. and I ended up um, so I ended up like forcefully like uplifting them into space age and right, right. eventually like integrating them into the society but i was just like man you you, you guys history is just like wrecked because, <laughs> because of these bloody scientists that yeah just yeah. got bored and keep going down to your planet and ancient alien them yeah that's um, amazing yeah and that you know that that's that's what's cool i think with that that game like you get mm. you get the the empire building stuff but you get these like little stories and um Carl was uh, really into that, this game as well. And he said that um, the writer for um, a game called Sunless Sea, which is um, heavily like text-based, but their writing is like uh, um, like way, way better. And they get um, their stories, because it's all like story-based. And um, uh, the writer, the main writer for that game is, is going to be doing... Um, writing for for stellaris so i'm expecting more kind of stories like that that are just like crazier and and more extreme and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that i mean that's exciting and no idea when that's ever gonna come out okay yeah but yeah that's that's what i've been playing so that's cool do you ever um find that you can play games without mods is that dude that's part (laughs) of just the pc thing like dude even the witcher i well i actually i did mod the witcher (laughs) to um because the the map like the quest tracking in that game is terrible like mm. it's the worst part oh that's of not the game. only thing that's... Oh, oh. <laughs> they're lords man let me tell you about their lords um yeah, yeah they're, they're... <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> 
they're um wait where do you guys stand on this uh witcher versus gta debate it's, it's, a, it's a bad argument wait, what is this argument it's, it's not a real argument <laughs> yeah it's not a real argument witcher is like oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Is it, which is the which is the better game yeah yeah witcher oh. uh, i mean too, sorry, all right. gta has some stuff yeah all right but that's not why I play video games. Okay. <laughs> You're playing yeah. video games for stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I totally modded The Witcher because their, their quest tracking was terrible. And I've made it so that now I all the quests appear on the map, that or, all the quests I have appear on the map, whereas mm. before you could only have one quest active on the map at a time, which is crazy. Like, yeah. Do they not fix that in later updates? No, they didn't. Updates? No. Jeez. They fixed a lot of things. Like the UI has changed. Or well, the inventory management has changed quite a lot and gotten a lot easier. But yeah, they never they never mm. thought it was a problem that you can only track one quest at a time. Mm. Yeah. Um, I realized I did have actually been playing something else. Oh, I played yeah. a little bit of Armello, which is an Australian-made game, uh, which is basically a board game uh, on PC. Um, yeah. It's coming out on tablets at some point, I believe. But uh, it is a turn-based um, board game you you travel the world with your character and um, complete quests in order to uh, take out the king the king has become corrupted and you have a bunch of different ways that you can take his place so you're playing the same story every time um, but right. you have different characters involved you it's best played with other people um, and oh it's really, really it's okay. really beautiful game like it's oh. great looking um, there was a one of the people there talking at GDC which was or New Zealand GDC which was interesting okay oh wait was that Ken Wong? Is that his, his uh, thing? Maybe. I don't, the the name. Um, I don't remember the name. Uh, he made uh, the uh, Monu- Monument Valley, I think it was. Was that, his, was that, was that the guy? Yeah, was yeah. It, that, yeah. It, was, it wasn't that guy. Okay. I don't think it was okay. that. Um, yeah, uh, but it's really cool. It is like luck-based, um, but they have an interesting thing, which is what the talk was about with microtransactions, where you have dice, like different dice skins. You huh. have really cool-looking dice. <laughs> And the, their money is pretty much made off dice at the mm, moment. Cool. Um, I just, I kind of, even though I haven't really, like, I don't have enough people to play the game with, I still just want a really pretty dice because there's some really Do good Do other dice. people see your dice? Yeah, yeah, when you're playing yeah. against them. Yeah. That's um, cool. Um, and it's kind of cool you have, it's, you take turns at, making your moves but you can play spells and you can do stuff and you can choose quests during other people's turns okay um, and you can i don't know you kind of influence their combat if they have combat but you can like put traps ahead of them if you see they're likely to move to the spot you can, wow oh, just put a trap here so if you fall into <laughs> it except do they, they know they don't know you've put that trap there they, they will see you do it okay um, yeah um and so they can avoid it but usually it's something that they want so they'll risk it anyway but if they avoid it and then later on you're like, oh, I want to go into that town, but I've put a trap there. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, this, so this game sounds good. It is really yeah. cool. Um, it's, it is, there's a b- bit of luck to it like yeah. in terms of sometimes I mean, when I played, some, there was one person who just got bad rolls. And but that's almost all board games. Crappy. Uh, yeah, well. Have some yeah. amount of luck. Um, but it's really cool. I'm, I'm biased because I've won most of my games possibly from luck <laughs> rather than strategy. But, there's dice. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but there's, oh there's, there's, yeah, it's a pay to win. You got the all twenty dice. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's different ways. I mean, the story is that the king's corrupted, and you've got to do something about it. Um, and but there are different ways that you can get rid of him. Like you can get these spirit stones, which um, uh, 
purge the corruption from him. That's the, the good way to finish. Or you can just go in there and kill him and make yourself the new king. Or you can become way more corrupted than he is and like out-corrupt him and go oh. in. <laughs> um, or you can just um, protect the king and become really popular with the king. And then when he dies, you'll by default be the next leader. Oh. So there's this, this cool like counter strategies to it. That's yeah, cool. pretty cool. How long does the game last? Um, I would say like 25. Five minutes, twenty twenty-five minutes. Really? Uh, if oh, if yeah. everyone's playing quickly, yeah. yeah the, if you play with AI, the AI is quite fast. Okay, um, man. That, so that's, what you describe sounds like a six-hour-long game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a big. I think I think you can have some pretty long games, especially yeah. if you've got someone defending the king. Um, but the king like loses health every turn, so oh, the longer okay. time goes so on, the only... easier he is to just go in and kill. Right. And eventually, someone will just take the initiative. Man, that sounds cool. What was that game called? Armello. Armello. Okay. Yeah. And it's a tablet game? A PC, but it's coming out on tablet at some point. All right, cool. Um, yeah. So that's a cool one. Sounds cool. Um, do you want to hit up questions? Let's do it. Uh, so we got like a lot of designer questions, but um, we'll start off with an easy one. And uh, this comes from Lawweaver15. This is for everyone Charmander, Bulbasaur, or Squirtle? Have we done this before? I think we might have, but I mean, not, <laughs> with, right. not with these guys. Um, uh, Bulbasaur. Yeah. It's definitely Bulbasaur. Uh, always Charmander for me. He was oh, my yeah. first, first Pokemon card that I got. Uh, first Pokemon card? Yeah, yeah. I got him for free with a magazine or something like that. Now. Okay. <laughs> Back when the card, cards first came out. Oh, man. Um, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Were you guys bummed to find out that um, Pokemon Go, uh, you can get Pikachu? Like... Because I got, uh, you know, I'd, I'd found that out after I'd already picked my first hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, were you bummed out to find that you could get Pikachu? I think I probably still would have gone with Charmander. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think I think Bulbasaur's just the, the cutest, I think. Yeah, that's why <laughs> he wins. <laughs> also, he turns into a giant flower, so that's nice. Yeah, but... Oh, like, yeah, but it's not a... Like a rose flower. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those <laughs> corpse flowers. Yeah, those jungle corpse flowers. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that, that's it's got awesome. flies all over it. It's probably. Oh, I, I, that's how he catches his food, right? Like he just <laughs> vine whips the flies and eats them. That's that's like the perfect strategy. Oh, well, it's like all, all Charmander. I mean, he turns into a dragon. I guess that's cool. I mean, dragons are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they've been overdone. They're cliche. Yeah, <laughs> giant, giant plant monsters with. Corpse flowers on them. They're there aren't many giant plant monsters, but there also aren't many uh, turtles with cannons on their back. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just the color scheme of his color, the Squirtle's color scheme. Is just <laughs> You're a, not a fan of blue. Blue and red. Yeah, <laughs> no. Nah, doesn't work. doesn't work. So if I ask you what your favorite color is? Oh, it's definitely blue and red. No, it's not. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Okay, let, let me... Let me you guys can talk amongst yourselves if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been also been playing some Path of Exile. Um, I played this build that I picked out just at random. Like this looks like a fun build, and it quickly turned into one of the most popular builds. Like that everyone was doing on the streamers. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, it's cool now. I don't. I, I took all the currency I got from that build and made a different build that was less popular. What What was the What were you playing? I was playing Ancestral Warlord, just the the dual oh, yeah. totem. Um, <laughs> But it didn't feel active enough, really. Like, mm -hmm. while your totems are doing stuff, I wanted to be doing more. Yeah. So I got started playing Iron Commander, which is kind of similar. It's just the, um, except you've got the 
crossbow turrets oh, yeah, shooting yeah. for you instead. And you still do shoot yourself occasionally, so that mm. made it more interesting for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. And also, it's fun playing a unique that I've designed <laughs> with a skill that I've designed. That makes it more... Yeah, get to, uh, Looking at it now, I'm like, ah, oh, this bow could have been a bit better. Like, the stats should have been shifted to make more, like, <laughs> compelling character growth, but mm. it's still cool. So, um, we had a we had a question last week that um, I couldn't... Well, last episode... Um, that might kind of tie into this unique that you're talking about. But um, what is a um, something you've added to the game that you were really proud of, but the uh, community just kind of hated? Um, there's a few skills that I've made. Uh, Flame Surge is one that comes to mind, is one that just isn't that popular. Like, it has a place in the game. Occasionally you get, like, Flame Surge traps or something like that. They surface. Um, it was really a proof of concept to see whether having a skill that needs another skill to function like it does way more damage if the target's already on fire and it can't set stuff on fire itself Mm. so you need to do stuff to use it and even though that kind of failed it was possible it was partially not because of the concept of the two skills thing it was because of the way it dealt damage in an aoe and wasn't we don't have the tech to let it become wider only longer and things like that um that let us make some really cool skills in future like essence drain and contagion um came from that idea like taking a different direction so we learned a lot from it but it's still a skill in the game that like occasionally a new player might pick it up and not figure out how best to use it and that that's yeah i hate traps that are like there is a way to use it but there's no good way to learn how to do that without going up and looking at a build online Mm. um and there have been a few skills like that that are traps that I'd like to go back and revisit. But mm. what's the point of just buffing the damage 10% when they're still not going to be fun to play or they're not going to work with enough systems? Mm. Things like Wild Strike as well. Um, conceptually, it's fine, but because it works with a certain, like because it requires melee targeting, we could just change that, but then I'd rather fix melee targeting <laughs> rather than just make a tweak to this one skill. Mm. Is there like, a way to make it more clear of how to use those skills that there are some skills that are very clear to use yeah uh, like very easy to pick up and use and it makes sense and i feel like you can have that and still have the skill with some depth and mm. with some com- complexity it's lenticularly designed skills mm. um where on the base it just does damage like it does a basic skill but there are some clever things with passives with support gems that you discover later but it still works fine without it Mm. um it's always a little bit tricky but i that's the goal for most new skills is that there's clever ways to use it Um, sometimes the clever gets too clever with things like blade vortex (laughs) where it's not so much used i mean it can it's amazing as a damage skill and also amazing with proccing effects and all sorts of things like that (laughs) like yeah yeah um, so here's a question from Ouroboros612. What is the most challenging things to design in the game uh, from when you started working on the game up to current day? Most challenging things? Um, doing a big system, like, like for example, Essences. We had the, the Essence League recently where it had a bunch of currency items um, added to the game. That is something that's going to have a permanent impact on the economy. Like, that's going to change the game forever in terms of how people progress their characters. And that went through so many different versions of how it could have worked. Oh, yeah. It started off, it started off as, a, like, it just applies a random mod from a set of them, but we realized the sets were too small. And then it was 
applying a specific mod to a specific item and we moved through so many different iterations that it was hard to know at the end if we'd come up with something good we'd seen so many things and like it has these downsides compared to these systems here it has these upsides compared to these systems here like you get lost in knowing like you've seen so much other stuff that you know how it could have been in different ways mm. like the system isn't as good as helping out a new player just picking up and using it because it's yeah. too much information for them mm. yeah. um, but it's not as good as this other version here because that one made more interesting monster fights where you can modify the monster fights and stuff like that but it's pretty nerve like I was only away for the last month I pretty much made most of the Essence League disappeared for a month came back did some last polishing touches on it made some tweaks um, yeah. and people had been making some balance changes over the time had, that I'd been away had much changed in that time? mostly just balance stuff oh, some okay. ones that were too strong were nerfed down and the monsters were made less deadly or more deadly where appropriate mm. um, but not a lot like the, the system was the same on the last day that I was there an hour before I left we decided we'd add extra monsters previously there was one boss monster and then it was decided we'd add a bunch of okay. white monsters around it um, so th I put that in motion when I left and <laughs> when I came back luckily it all worked oh, um, man. people had been doing stuff without me so um, but it was really nerve wracking when it went out because like this is a very this is the most impactful mechanic that we've added that I've personally added right. to the game in a long time so that was pretty scary um, he also asks uh, what are some simple things that are actually hard to get into the game that players usually take for granted simple things that are hard to get into the game um, something like uh, support gems are something that ideally we want to add heaps and heaps of them they're the thing that make the skill system so interesting the fact that you have at least five different or up to five different modifiers you can place on the skill but doing because they affect almost every skill and we, if we design a new one mm -hmm. we want it to affect every skill is really hard to just put it in because it has so many ramifications yeah. now this build here has potential for 30 percent more damage than it had before i think it was any skill missing a slot i think any skill like is as the game goes on and gets more skills and support gems any skill going into the game is like way more work to make sure it's you know yeah yeah not broken by other things other skills yeah it's a massively complex system which I mean, usually once you've played the game enough you know mm. which things are going to be the problem um but that's the problem you know that it's always this set of two or three things like right. there are certain skills that prevent us making more support gems just oh, okay. from those one or two skills that are just compound too well with other stuff mm. we want to do all sorts of interesting aoe supports but there are things that do stuff every aoe hit or yeah. have multiple aoe hits that would just cause confusion and complexity and uh, there's only one skill that this would be really good with so we have to balance it around that and we don't have the capacity to say the support does more damage with fire skills than it does cold skills mm. um because it's just if it's just increasing the area or doing extra projectiles or something like that without massive amounts of reworking all the other skills that it works with and then the skill isn't fun unless you have this one specific support gem yeah which isn't cool either yeah um what about you guys like is there anything that is seen as being simple that is actually really tough to to get in the game uh yeah rocks rocks <laughs> oh man but photogrammetry requires a fair amount of work Do um just yeah. looking back on it um especially if we're going to capture it ourselves those uh, rocks. Um, we'll go out on these excursions. Uh, you have to wait for the right day. Yep. Because it can't be too sunny. Yep. It, yeah. We've got to have all the camera gear packed. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and then we just head out. Usually it's like a day without kind of, it's trying to eat food before you go because <laughs> there's just no, like, there, there aren't any restaurants or anything out there. Yeah, because you're going to the, the wild. Yeah, we're going out to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, at, on a cloudy day. <laughs> yeah, on a cloudy ass day. Um, so no one else is there and yeah, yeah it's rough. But, um, but also just processing that and getting it into an in-game asset. Take, takes a while yeah i don't even like i don't even really know the process for that but it just from what i've seen it, it looks a little crazy yeah and we've also got that thing with path of exile where yeah the, these tiles have to tile against each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you've got this photorealistic cliff now make it tile against itself yeah which then if you're not careful will make it not look good because it'll be too clear that it's like yeah. tiling you know it's it, it's almost impossible to avoid that just because it repeats mm. but yeah th- those are always fun have you um you i think you must have talked about like what photo photogrammetry is on the podcast yeah. and stuff like yeah we've we've beaten it to death have, yeah okay. <laughs> i i think we have but it's not worth me explaining <laughs> further okay well uh, what about you chris do you have um Anything that's seen as being simple that's actually really tough to get in the game? Uh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> that you can talk about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of a lot of things. Uh, I, I think it's with programming, it's often um, the other way. It's always the opposite of what you think. Like something right. that seems difficult is often really easy to add. And mm. it's the little things that you think, oh, that won't take long. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's often getting things to do things they're not supposed to do, like making projectiles behave differently to how projectiles normally behave. Right. Um, like with Magma Orb, uh, I think you, you probably remember, Rory, we spent ages trying to get it to do the things we wanted it to do, but that wasn't how projectiles are supposed to work in the yeah, back end. Yeah. And we couldn't change how projectiles worked because that would change all other projectiles. And then um, I think like with, with um, like piercing things specifically, to get it to not shotgun. Right, right, targets. right. That was, oh, yeah. That was kind of crazy. There's still some quirks with overlapping AoEs with multiple projectiles when they yeah, yeah. second <laughs> and third time. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. yeah. You worked on a lot of traps, didn't you? Uh, the labyrinth traps. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah um, I worked on those. How were they getting in? Because uh, I, re- I remember, because um, I did some art for them, mm. and uh, the art requirements changed constantly <laughs> <laughs> yep, the programming requirements changed quite a bit as well <laughs> yeah okay. yeah um any, yeah i mean it, it went pretty smoothly i think um any particular traps that like were the bane of your existence um i'm not sure the spike traps were kind of crazy at getting them oh, all yeah. to like fire off in sequence, and then oh, right, in some right. cases we wanted them to fire off one way and return, and other ones we wanted them to fire off and then split two ways, and then you know getting that system set up was was crazy. But in, in the end, we came up with a, a pretty simple solution for it, so that was cool. cool. That was good. Yeah. Beforehand, there was a lot of sort of hackiness going on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he also asks, uh, are there periods where you get burnt out on the game? If so, what do you do to get back? In the mood. Um, what do you do to get in the mood, Rory? What do I do to get in the mood? Uh, I feel like because I don't get to play the game as much as I want. Yeah. Um, when I'm actually just playing the game and playing like a fun build. Yep. I always browse the build guide forum and find something that's really interesting. 
and different that I haven't done before. And I feel like that never, I never really get bored of that, especially because this is like, well, next league, I'm going to make sure that this, this and this is fixed with it and this is going to be better. Um, sometimes that leads to troubles when I buff a skill too much where I was like, ah, oh, this clearly isn't good enough. It needs <laughs> to do twice the, twice the damage it does now. And oh, nope, that was too much. It only needed to do 10% more. Man, that's crazy that like you have a lot more impact on the game than like I do. Like if you're just playing casually and you see that, you can really make a big change where I just see like, oh, this rock is out of place. I'm going to go fix it. The game. <laughs> Nobody noticed it in the end anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean... Balance, big balance decisions like that are never done with just me. I say like, <laughs> I feel like this is too low. People test it. They're yeah, like uh, we concur um, or no, you're wrong. I'm like, no, it definitely is too low, <laughs> <laughs> and then shoot myself in the foot. But um, yeah, it's. It, I think you can fix little problems with that, and it's no problem for you. Where if I know that I'm going to change, I need to be willing to put in the effort to see it through. Uh, because yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot easier not to change it if it's okay. Like you never want to be fixing something that's only very slightly broken mm. and it will become slightly broken in a different way by changing it. Mm. Yeah. So what about like in development? Do you ever feel development burnout? Um, definitely, yeah. There is sort of the phase or there's the creative phase and mm. then the getting it all set up phase and yep. then there's the just tweaking it until it's good yeah. phase. Um, and that last part is always draining and that's like okay. the where you end up if you've if you've screwed up or if there's too much stuff going on you spend more and more time at work or at least having to get more done when yeah. you're at work rather less time thinking about how stuff should be and more like well math says it does too much damage got to do tweaks back and forth and back and forth again and again um that gets pretty draining but it's that always looking that, forward to the creative phase that's coming again yeah, soon that makes yeah. you keep going that's funny because like that those like phases that you're talking about kind of goes for art as well i think like <laughs> you're gonna be confused <laughs> yeah but you definitely go through like the creative phase where you're like oh i've got this new thing mm -hmm. to do and I, i'm all excited about it and then you're just doing it and then at the end you're just tweaking it forever almost. oh yeah for sure yeah like i i just worked on something where i think i spent way too long tweaking <laughs> tweaking it but how does it look it looked great oh dude it's <laughs> all worth it then yeah yeah <clears throat> um yeah, so uh, what about you guys? Like, uh, How do you deal with like burnout and getting back in the mood? There's so much stuff to be done. Like, that. There's You just do it? Dude, there's, yeah, there's work to be done. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, but do you ever feel like burnt out on, on things? Like, uh, I, I could talk a, a lot about like motivation and stuff like yeah. that. Th th there are, of course, things, you know, to keep you in. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's motivation. Well, you for the first like three years you were working here, you make it sound like you just worked on rocks. Oh, yep, rocks and trees. Yeah, a lot of early stuff. Um, yeah, that was fun. But also just with Turret Town, it was like, um, oh right, yeah. I'm the only guy finding motivation. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was rough. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's so much to be done that mm. when when you rock up, it's almost like, you know, there's new artists coming in and they're always like really happy to just get in and work on things, and so you kind of piggyback off that motivation you just feed <laughs> off of that. yeah yeah <laughs> like a vampire um, but that's why all the new artists sit near you <laughs> yeah um, no but there's some cool stuff happening and it always is motivating to see that yeah yeah it yeah it kind of is like um now that we've got quite a lot of artists it's cool to just like look over and see what other people are working on and be like damn this is this can be cool. yeah and there's stuff being done like we uh 
there's always cool stuff coming in. Mm. And so it's it's not very hard to get burnt out because it's always refreshing to yeah, see yeah. cool stuff going into game. Um yeah, I guess for me, like I've I've said it before that like, you know, I just work on tile sets and if I get start getting burnt out on one tile set, I'll just move over to another one and it's like a completely different thing. Yeah. Oh, like coffee's always good too. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. Can't dude can't live without I, that. Yeah, I try. Uh, if if I do feel burnt out at work, mm. I'll just usually take a walk or something. Right. Like it, it's yeah. nev- it's never like a. Oh, I I just can't make it. I I don't want to push vertices anymore. I, yeah. I, I've had enough. I'm done. Of, uh, yeah, because I love being in my it's, Yeah. It's, it's I go home and do that. Yeah. So it's, dude, I totally like um when I take like holidays like especially over christmas it's usually the longest holiday i take mm. towards the end like in the last week i'm just like thinking about Maya and like yep. wanting to get back in there and i get back to work and i'm like yes i can't wait to get, like, get back in <laughs> you're giddy yeah i'm like yeah <laughs> um what about you chris uh on the burnt out yeah um yeah i, I, I think um I, I i only really get burnt out on issues i think if i spend too long on them like sometimes you get bugs that just it takes like a week to find a a solution for it or it's always the bugs where QA gives me an issue saying you spawn in five million creatures and give yourself ten thousand attack speed and sometimes this thing might happen. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We can't repro it more than once, but sometimes it happens and I spawn in like four of those millions of creatures and my frame rate's dead and Oh and then, right! Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you need to request a better computer. Work. I, I don't know if it matters. <laughs> There's too too much debug information going on. I think. Um, yeah, I, I, it's sometimes just getting a, a fresh pair of eyes. Yeah, helps and talking to other people about it, or or just finishing little little issues on the side so that I've I've made some progress. Oh and right, then I can go back to that. Yeah, the annoying ones. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I get that as well. Like my issue list because I work on like whole tile sets. I just have the same issue for, you know, six months or a year. <laughs> like the aqueducts was like 18 months Jeez. for like one issue that was just build the aqueducts. Mm. Yeah. So when people are like, yeah, man, I got through like 20 issues today. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through like 0.% of this one issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the worst feeling going home and feeling like you haven't made any progress that yeah. day, even though you have been working. Yeah, just, yeah, it is a weird thing. I think that's... well. I, I reckon uh, it's actually a sign that you're working quite hard when you come home and feel like you haven't worked anything, like mm. done much. Um, because if you actually hadn't done much, then you wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> You'd just be like, yay, home time. I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, also, as a programmer, I heard this crazy-ass thing that uh, Harry uh, told me about. Uh, have, have you heard of the programmer duck? Programmer duck. Yeah, like have you rub, heard of this? Is it like a cricket term? <laughs> no, no, okay. it's a it's a real like programmer thing. <laughs> Is it just having someone you can talk to about the problem? Yeah, yeah, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Harry was saying that uh, I don't know why a duck, but some he reckons that some people have like this rubber ducky on their desk that you just vocalize the problem to, <laughs> no. and then just speaking it out loud, you realize the thing. Yeah, yeah. Because like Harry's totally done that to me. He'll come up to me and, he, and I'll be I'll just ask him like, "How's it going?" Whatever, and then he'll talk. A problem at me and then while he's talking at me go oh yeah i just figured out the solution yeah yeah so i was just the programmer duck so. actually dude uh i i think i'm pretty sure if harry ever listens to this podcast i don't he think won't. he does 
Um, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly how he figured out last frame bounty boxes with the item drops. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, "This, there's a problem. I don't know how to fix it. And then he was just, we were just talking about it. And then he was like, wait. And then just went away yeah, and like yeah. fixed it. But you have like, you don't know anything about programming. So yeah. like, you yeah, can't be yeah. like, have you tried this? Yeah. Mm. It's just like. I, I had nothing off. Yeah, I was just, just talking at you and then walks away going, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely have that for design as well. I think you just mm. talk to someone about yeah. it. And then halfway through the conversation, you explain the, all the, the way through, including the solution. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, yeah. And you just go and do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it definitely happens. There have been a few times where like, Ryan's called me over to ask me a question. Um, as I get up out of my chair and walk over to him, he's already figured out. Wow. There's something, dude, there's some weird, human brains are weird, man. Yeah. Like, in that case, it's just like asking for help somehow sets something in motion yeah, in yeah. his head to like figure out the problem. Yeah, that's so weird. He, he was saying that sometimes he, he doesn't tell me he's come up with the solutions. And yeah. I can, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, he says, he lets me come over, oh my God. figure out the problem for myself and tell him the answer. Yeah. And then pretend that I've solved it, but he already knew about it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> That's actually crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so here's a, here's a question from Hermit1. Um, are there any game cliches or tropes you try to avoid or embrace? How do you try to keep things fresh? Um, tropes that we embrace is pretty common with boss fights you do it all the time where you you know this going in this boss fight is going to i mean the guy looks like he's on fire you know he's going to put patches of fire down or he's going to do an attack you need to avoid because it will set you on fire you're going to take damage over time this is this means the player now only has to learn one or two things rather mm. than five or six things in order to engage with the fight um and the same goes for skills where people can expect like a fireball is going to do a certain thing yeah or, um maybe if, set you on fire yeah, yeah. so the, the visuals like using the visuals to give the skill to make the skill fit into a cliche that it might not mm. otherwise would have if it was just cubes flying around the screen is like a, a big deal staying away from them is like more of the storytellers thing like I mean, yeah yeah occasionally we have a boss that does something you didn't expect but that generally feels bad mm. like um in terms of actual gameplay cliches um there's plenty of writing cliches that we try to avoid. There's situations where like a girl has been in danger in the question, like, oh, did, why why did we do this? this Amazon is like, distress. Yeah, yeah. Um and I if you can twist that around. We do have great. a damsel in distress. We in do the have game. a damsel in distress. When we when that was added, because that wasn't added as part of the main story, like it wasn't when we added act two, we just added it to this quest. And there was there was some uproar from it. So oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. Um also, it's very expensive to get all the voicing, voice acting, and animation and stuff in. So when you find out it's mm. been done, it's like yeah, yeah. But um, there is definitely an effort to avoid that stuff um, for stories. Yeah. Um, we got some barrels. Right? Oh my god! Cliche. Yeah, dude. That is like, I mean, I guess for like art in games, like yeah. barrels and crates is the most cliche. Here's here's one thing I'll put out to the listeners. And it's, I've been trying to figure out what this would be. Um, Grand Theft Auto, the way they would fill up, <laughs> the way they fill up, and maybe the maybe you've got something from The Witcher, but one way they'd make a, a street feel a little lively is yeah. they'd put garbage in corners and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Trash. Yeah. 
What, what does the Witcher do for that? Uh, they have trash as well. They have like they have coke cans and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like, you know it's a post-apocalyptic uh, wasteland? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's set in sound I, and trash. I would like to add garbage. To, yeah. to Path of Exile, like do adds of garbage. Yeah, just to break up straight edges and stuff. Um, like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> for um, sure. And I can't think of anything apart from maybe like a burning crazy. something, or like ash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess it, uh, I don't know. it depends on the area, I guess, right? Like, um, Yeah, for sure it depends on the... But how does the Witcher do it? How, how do they do it in cities? I think it's just... Um, man, I'm, I'm not even sure. Like, they definitely do just have, like, you know, non-processed trash. Like, no, not, not like coke Ooh, cans, yeah. but like you're bits about, of wood. You're and, talking about feces. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, bits of old bits of rope or like, yeah, um, rotten fruit and just oh yeah, rotten fruits. I, I'm try, I'm struggling to think. <laughs> they actually have rotten fruit, like I apple cores and stuff around. I, I'm gonna say I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right. All right. Well, well, I put that out to anyone yeah. because I I'd like to add something yeah. to Path of Exile. And, and I I know what you mean though because like um. Like they de- like the Witcher, like the the cities do feel lived in, and it's not just because of the barrels and crates mm. everywhere. Like <laughs> they have garbage around, but I'm having a. But it's a, the kind of thing that you don't notice mm. because mm. it's so natural. Mm. Like if you're walking down the street in real life, it's just a normal thing. You're not gonna go, whoa, mm. an apple core. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess leaves and things bundle up. Yeah, in, in which we don't sort of have. I um, mean, there's stuff yeah. that like fills out an environment that you don't really think of when you're walking through it yeah because it you fits just in so well. yeah because it fits in so yeah. well you're just like yeah but the absence of it stands out yeah you know like so yeah I, i'm i'm all a bit, well i'm trying to figure out like what we could add because yeah you definitely see well you need something yeah. to break up that repetition yeah yeah um like yeah i i always try to think of something that we can like chuck in and it usually is just it, it usually yeah, comes down the, because we have a whole <laughs> lot of barrels and crates and the level design is usually well just, we don't have a whole bunch of them but we love <laughs> yeah, we love using them maybe <laughs> i should just go in and like make a whole bunch of new barrels and crates and be like yep there we go yeah <laughs> different vendors um, wagon wheels like for um i'm thinking like for uh the fighting pits mm. i did a bunch of doodads of like busted up like cages with animals and bodies mm. and Things, things that were in that environment that would make sense, you know, and barrels and crates were part of it, mm-hmm. of course. But, you know, I added extra stuff in there that I think breaks it up. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. Well, de- decals are pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think because you, you've done a lot of the towns. Like, how did you sort of break up those areas? Like, uh, the, those towns are, yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on in there anyway. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So what breaks it up? There are NPCs, animation. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a lot going on in Act yeah. Four Town, especially. Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, you had that garden that was your pride and joy for a little while. <laughs> I remember you. I remember you when you got that little farmer guy in there. You're like, bro, come on, look at this guy. Look at him. He's digging. He's digging. <laughs> the amazing thing about that guy is um, Ari worked on. Yeah, Ari worked on that that guy's animation. And if you look at him, it kind of looks even like mocap sort of. Like there's actual weight with yeah. that guy. Oh yeah, because he he forces his foot down on the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, and so I was yeah. blown away with the quality of his animation uh, because right. it was just 
Yeah, really but it totally it. adds, like, it makes that whole environment more lively because it's like, yeah, he's a dude just, like, doing his yeah. job. So yeah. in that case, I just didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you, I, get, I, you, you send an issue to Ari saying, <laughs> <laughs> lively up this place. No, but I, I talked to him about it and he was like, I, I had some time, you know. Oh, <laughs> I, cool. I just polished that animation. Dude, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. I, I, one of the two of the guards at the front of the Act 4 town, I remember Pete talking about him doing the animations for them. He started off the initial version. He had it so one of them gestured, okay, so take your spear and like throw it at stuff. And the person was like, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was toned down about a bit, but you still get a bit of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. some, those, those, NPC, those NPCs have a lot of like animation in them, I think. Mm. I think. Like mm, mm. Those, those guards. Especially, yeah, yeah, like, and you hardly ever see them because yeah. they're up there. On the, yeah, <laughs> some the, people. the only time you really see them is when you just stand near the entrance and look yeah, at them yeah. because there's nothing really near the entrance. Yep, and like that poor guy at the start of the the Lion Eyes Watch encampment who's just standing there waiting for you to kill Hillock. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Open the door. I always I think, think it's funny notices. he disappears behind the door. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. So he's just it. like back there holding this door for you, going like, "Come on, guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Um, <laughs> he turns up again, I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's going to be the boss in in Act Five, I'm sure. He's <laughs> like waiting there. Wait, what? Could could his name be Hodor because he holds the door? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> next question, please. <laughs> um, all right, next question. What do we got here? Um, this is from what name is this? Oh my god! What? No- that last name there. What the hell is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the tickle shelf. The tickle. The the ethel shelf. The the tickle shelf. <laughs> How did you guys come up with the idea to create the shaper in its current form, aka with its current skill set and sub bosses? So shaper is an interesting one. Where we had we designed the four bosses, the four guardian bosses. Um, and we designed a bunch of random map bosses to go throughout the map. And I had made one that I thought uh, would be cool. I said to the effects artist, can you make this guy look like he's got space textures behind him? Like, um, mm. I don't, it's like uh, screen space textures is the, the tech. That's mm. one of the ways it's, things it's um, called. Similar to the, the, isn't it similar to the clouds in, um, in uh, Scepter of God? On yeah, the yeah. yeah, except with, with no three-dimensional. It's just a 2D texture that's right. laid over top rather than like a skybox type thing. But um, oh, I miss the cards are done that way as well. I don't know. Um, but we didn't have the proper tech for it to make it good, so we got it added. Um, and part of that was also so I could get cool Vortex microtransactions oh, right. to go with it. <laughs> um, um, cool. And Eric liked saw that and liked it so much that it was like, we should just have the final boss be space-themed as well. Um, <laughs> oh. Throw away your boss that you have made. And, oh, wait, uh, what? Okay, we so we what? were going to like just get rid of the Shaper. Uh, not the Shaper, the, the Rift Walker, the boss that I'd made with the screen space textures. Okay. Um, just so it doesn't spoil the spaciness of it. But I was like, no, I worked I worked two pages <laughs> on this boss. Let me just at least have him in one nap at least. So I stayed in Oh, well, so he was going to be the boss of the Atlas then. Um, well, no, no, they're just the same tech, like the same oh, textures right, sort of okay. thing. So the Shaper came from that idea of like, it'd be a galaxy thing. Originally, the final boss was going to be, picks one of five, ten random bosses, oh, and okay. then the Shaper possesses them, that boss has extra effects on them, mm. and you have an epic boss fight against a series of bosses mm. with a timer, and like they get harder okay. and harder as you go. Having something possess the final boss, isn't that a bit too much like the Labyrinth? 
it was a bit like the labyrinth. This, I think that's one of the reasons why we said no to it. Also just from the technical constraints. Right. It, even though we were, we were using already made bosses, it was still going to be harder to get right than it was to just make a whole new boss fight. Right. So that's how the boss fight like changed into a full-on boss fight. Um, and during the, the brainstorming for that, we came up with the idea of because we wanted this to be a rewarding map, we wanted this to be something you do, usually the thing that's rewarding about doing a map is all the monsters you kill on the way to the boss, but you weren't going to have this in this because it was just a one big boss fight. Mm. So we made it so during the fight, you he teleports you off to a map, and you've got to fight your way through the map with with some time constraints because he heals up as you're doing it. Mm. And so that's where that idea came from, just to make the area more rewarding so you had some kills to do during the fight. Um and as for the other abilities, we just went for like really epic stuff that we thought would be really cool, <laughs> cool over the top stuff. Um, the the fr- freaking giant laser beam um, was one that was just like, yeah, well, obviously he should have a giant death oh, beam. Um, it, with all of our boss fights, we have something that we have area control, something that makes damaging zones on the ground. We mm. have something that you just need to step out of and avoid some hard to avoid high damage thing that makes you always scared that he's going to do that next and always be prepared to avoid it but usually you can just step to the side and it's fine but you've always got to be careful of this thing um we often introduce minions in this case i don't think he has any minions during the main fight because he has the oh no he has the portals that open up you know the portals came in from the theme of he's opening up a map for Mm -hmm. you he's using how can we bring the map device into this encounter Mm. and it was effectively he he opens up a portal to a map and the monsters come out rather than you going in yeah so Mm. i I remember when um i heard first heard about that somebody was saying that um he'd open a portal to a map and you would see the other map yeah yeah like uh, because i haven't seen the fight yet like we do that actually you can see the zone on the other side. Oh, like when can. spiders come out of the portal, you can look in and you can see a webbed area inside. But it is like it's a two D. Yeah, texture, yeah, of course, it's but, a two D thing. But it looks like the zone, like That's it's a screen cool. capture from the zone. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where like it'd be cool if we could do this with all of our portals, except that requires yep. <laughs> redoing all of our portals, including ones people have paid for. So, yeah, um, yeah that is yeah. tricky. Um, but yeah, the other. Also, we knew we wanted Zana to be involved in the fight, like because you, you've got your companion there helping you out during the encounter. Um, and we spent a long time trying to figure out what she could actually do. Because it's really hard to have a co-op partner in a fight mm. that you don't, I mean, you don't want to have to protect them the entire fight because mm. that's a real pain. So we ended up, she closes one of the portals and you have to protect her while she's doing this. And that's the time <laughs> she's vulnerable. Yeah. But in exchange, she protects you from the death laser okay. uh, or from death projectiles that occur later in the fight. And if you fail to protect her, then you're on your own, yeah. s- surrounded by these heaps of projectiles everywhere. So, yeah, it was a lot of there's a lot of little things. Like each of the abilities was decided because it filled a certain role mm. in the encounter, but also pushed the theme a bit further. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you had an interesting talk at um, NZGDC about oh, yeah. about this sort of. Yeah, yeah. We talked about how we developed the Atlas bosses, which was Mm. actually a really fast process compared to how long it usually takes to do a boss because we knew we had so many to do, Mm. but we were able to do humanoid models for them. Um, We'll probably post the talk up online at some point so people can have a look over it all. Yeah, if we do, we'll put it on the um, podcast uh, Facebook as well. Um, Let me see if we've got any other... um, I've got a question. Yep. Yeah. Do, do you guys listen to uh, podcasts? Uh, 
I used to listen to an awful lot of podcasts. But used to. Used to, but since I only have like a five minute drive to work now, I don't have I keep, as much time for I it. I keep sending you D&D podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and I never get around to listening to them. Malfoy um, Brothers. The only th- podcast I listen to is basically a pop culture n- nerdy thing at the, the moment. The Nerdist. Exactly. Uh, no, it's not The Nerdist. <laughs> um, uh, it's called The Weekly Planet. It's a couple of Australian guys. It's, it's entertaining. Um, and that's how I keep up with all of my comic book news. Like, I can wow. I can still pull off being a nerd without actually having to read all the comic books oh, and man. stuff. Fantastic. Thanks to that. So, What's, it's a what, real time. How server. do you feel about uh, Captain America being... Um, being a Nazi? Being, yeah, being a Nazi the whole time. Uh, I, I, for a, well, he, I don't beginning. think he was Hydra the whole time. It's, it's just a phase. He's just going through a, a oh, teeny t- angst phase yeah, he, in he, his he's life. He's telling himself that. <laughs> yeah. he's, he is Red Skull. He, he is? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Chris, you listen to anything? Um, I used to quite a bit. Uh, French Gamer, of oh. course. Uh, great podcast. Uh, it is actually, I, I do actually listen to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not just saying that. Oh, oh, oh man, Nick yeah. doesn't. Well, he doesn't even listen he's, to it when he's, he's on it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird um, that we do. Well, I yeah, I I listen to it while well, mostly just like listen to my, the parts where I talk. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no, but I listen to it because I mostly like edit it. So I yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, because we had a question last time about like. You know, would you recommend any podcasts for the listeners? Hmm. Uh, would you recommend uh, any podcasts for the listeners? So I think last time you were talking about the Hardcore History. Oh, yeah, George. yeah, Hardcore History. That, that was really good. Damn I really enjoyed Cal. that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so that, was, that one's free as well, I think. Um, yeah, he... Um, so he has like... Uh, he has like f- maybe 10 free podcasts at a time and then they will get shifted into like his back catalog mm. that you then have to pay for. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. But he only posts like two a year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's been two years he's been on this um, uh, King of Kings one about... Uh, yeah. About, what's his name from 300, the bad guy? Xerxes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And why he was actually an all right guy. Oh, was <laughs> yeah. He united people. Yeah. There was these Spans it's, that it's, didn't want to well, it's, it's funny play because, along. Yeah. It's bloody Spans. <laughs> <laughs> um no it's, it was it was interesting because like um all all most of what we know about Xerxes is from the Greek and Spartan side where mm-hmm. they're the invading army mm-hmm. and he's he's looking at it from the the other side going way way back like I'm not actually up to where he's fighting the Spartans but where like their kings were just like really terrible they were all basically Hitlers until this guy came along and like united everyone and it was awesome and yep. then he just decided to attack everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we got another question. We got a question by uh, Chokehold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pretty long, so here we go. Uh, a lot of new players will probably start the game using Fireball, Double Strike, Cleave, Heavy Strike, Viper Strike, Glacial Hammer, Sweep, and other <laughs> skills that are proven ineffective Yep. Yep. Um, against later game content. Uh, is this a design philosophy? So we decided when we were rebalancing the skill progression that we wanted you to not ever feel like your best option, the fastest leveling option, was to use the same skill right from level one. We wanted it so you want a new player wants to experiment with stuff. Mm. Um, so the damage curves, like you, the high level skills are more effective. Um, generally they hit more monsters and so on. Um, we are going to make more of an effort so that they spike back up later in the game. Right. Like so, their their damage just goes up. Their AOE will still be lower, but we're hoping to have more 
threshold jewel like effects um mm. so we have threshold jewels which you can put in the passive tree these are things uniques you come across that can let you upgrade your skills um they there are some problems with them like they're a little hard to use like not every character can throw them on and some are just more effective than others some can make a skill bad skill a late game not very effective skill effective at late game but okay. others can't so much um so really just improving that system is the answer but that's like if you're going to do that you want to do it for every bad skill mm. right and so we'll probably have a big look at that but fitting that in alongside all the other new content we want to add is tricky mm. like it is ideally adding a lot of build diversity to the end of the game which is a really good thing for the long-term profitability of the game and also just keeping people interested mm. i mean yeah if you really like using glacial hammer we want you to be able to use it at end game but providing like support germs aren't a good, good enough tool for mm. that because they apply the same bonus to everything um, and we can't really change that so introducing new tools that let you do that would be good um, the enchantment system in the labyrinth kind of started out with that goal in mind but it didn't really fit as the reward that we're looking for where that's supposed to be a small bonus for any skill mm. yeah um i was just thinking of pokemon Oh. In, in the same way that you know the first pokemon you choose right, right. is always going to be the best pokemon yeah i mean that's one of the appeals of pokemon right you get your your is it bulbasaur. <laughs> well at, you i get, always thought that was a bummer well you get your bulbasaur at the start and you yeah use it and i'm just it. like oh man i really want to use this uh abra but my bulbasaur is like level i don't know 20 when this <laughs> abra is only like level five yeah to me that was like you get attached to this thing well that's like an emotional attachment yeah. i think that's the reason that succeeds when it does succeed it's because of the emotional attachment i don't know if you will have the same emotional attachment to a cleave but they might <laughs> to a raised zombie or something like that yeah so, yeah actually that's true although raised zombie is an Maybe. example of a skill that you do use all the way through so yeah yeah um when you play like how off like at what point do you usually get like remove those skills or do you use them all the way through um it depends on the class and the build yeah. some classes don't get a better single target but generally pretty quickly like yeah. we don't really give players new single target abilities later but one of the quirks uh, the problems with the support gem system is that you can only really fully support one or two skills mm. and so you want to invest in the thing that can hit the most stuff or yeah. the thing that can do the most damage preferably they're one and the same um or we're trying to push more skills that are less like that that don't fit in those categories as well but it's hard to so um, I'd say usually within five or ten levels I've replaced it with a better version or just using it I'm not even using it if it is still on my bar hmm. yeah um, I think that's all the questions we've got oh actually here's one by uh, Warnos how do you react to the shit storms in community <laughs> in the community and in which way do they influence your game design um there's many things to consider when uh it's mostly when balancing stuff like this is where it gets really bad um a skill being bad doesn't like and hard to use and unusable yeah. doesn't get the same negative reaction as one that's too good or hmm. uh was good and is no longer good or is just no longer competitive like is just below the point that it should be um Obviously, it's such an incredibly complex game, and we're a relatively small team considering the size of it. So we have to take 
this feedback on. It's like we don't have a full balanced testing team yeah. that can do play every build all the time. Um, so we need like this is where we get the information that this is a problem. Uh, generally, the only time we'd actually change a skill immediately is if it's clear that the game is going to become way less diverse because right. of this. If this one thing is twice as good as anything else for the majority of the players, they'd say to themselves, why would I play anything else? So Do you discover that, that quite quickly then? Uh, yeah, it generally comes down to certain people, certain uh, vocal or uh, famous people make it public knowledge right. that this is really good. They show it off. Even if it is as good as two or three other builds, mm. if that's the one that's standing out and then it's clear that all our players are going to be upset or just bored of the game. The, yeah, the yeah. game becomes boring yeah. if there are two or three really standout builds. So we try and push these down to a level that we're happy with. Mm. However, the level we're happy with is still below what some other builds might be. So you're like, well, now this is Blade of Vortex is after this nerf is clearly worse than um, the Firestorm build that's really popular. Mm. This, is, this is a fictional scenario. This is not the case. <laughs> um, then why would I ever play Blade Vortex again when uh, Firestorm clears 20% faster? And so we've got to constantly be pushing that stuff. But, I mean, you can never make everyone happy. Like, you'll always be upset if you've got bad RNG and just happen to not be hitting as hard with some skill. Yeah, like, yeah. Melee, melee skills don't feel good if you get a bad weapon and you don't realize that your yeah. weapon isn't as good or, or you've made a different build choice or yeah. the skill just does less damage because in our testing, we didn't think that it needed any more because of other skills it does there's yeah there's no way to make everyone happy and i always say better for if um, better doesn't mean better for everyone mm. it always means worse for some yeah even though that's a in the book that that's from that's used to rationalize a dicto um, dictatorship i mean that's ba <laughs> that's basically what we are dictatorship that uh, people can leave whenever they want <laughs> so um, we have to keep people happy by doing what they want uh, if it is actually good for the game. But we, yeah, we never like make it, well, okay, we do occasionally make knee-jerk reactions, but we've learned from those mistakes yeah. and try as hard as we can to make sure everything's a deliberate choice. Sometimes there's the call, the call comes down that we need to make an immediate change mm. and we don't have time to fully flesh out the alternatives and we've mm. got to be on the safe side. Like if it's actually something that's causing problems for the game, we have to be on the safe side. Like for example, if it's something's, too heavy on the server just because the attack speed can get too high oh, on right. it or something like yeah. that mm. yeah um yeah so that's all the questions we've got is anyone want to talk about anything else or should we wrap this up well, you're looking at me i, I don't have anything just giving nothing. everyone the stink okay cool <laughs> i've got a seven gates game this evening so i gotta oh, finish right. printing oh, off some more yeah. cards hey, um, it's gonna be a cool cool actually, session did you want to talk quickly about the um your seven gates that we've been playing at work oh or? you want to the, yeah well tell a cool little anecdote from our campaign is that what you're meaning with the, yeah, yeah yeah um because like um listeners from way back will remember that we had a little bit of a um we had a we had a bit of a game on um with, with your your seven gates game that you've mm. um, developed and it's evolved a little bit since then and we've been playing yeah. it at work for maybe like only like a month but yeah yeah so we well I, yeah basically to test out some new systems started an office game in the very first session i i'd drawn out this lovely island map and say okay if they head north then this is what's going to happen they're going to come across these guys pillaging some crates on the coast and if they head east they're going to come across this village of people um depending how they react to them this might happen and 
if they head this direction or if they head out to sea, then they're going to get washed ashore again. And almost immediately, they just disappeared underground. They just found a hole in the ground that I was putting there to just sort of be like, oh, this is where someone disappeared to. Like, nope, we're going down there, despite the <laughs> fact that you clearly said it's a bad idea. And they discovered this ancient... I just had to start making stuff up at that point. <laughs> I knew the lore of the world, so I was like, okay, there's they f- you come across a giant evil crystal. I'm like, oh, it's kind of boring if it's just sitting there. Okay, there are some monkeys about to sacrifice some people to this crystal. <laughs> and things escalated rapidly when Blake was like, oh, I want to destroy the bridge that all these monkeys are on because <laughs> they're clearly evil and so the massive fight ensued and they're like okay these evil crystals they were possessing this guy they're clearly super evil and one of the other players was like i want to get, get one of those crystals i just want to go out uh, swim out into the water the evil water and pick up this <laughs> evil crystal it was, it was funny too because like the whole time that um this guy was like insisting that he wanted to go get one you were clearly like Clearly saying how evil this is, yeah. <laughs> massive chance of dying, everything's going to be terrible. He's like, I'm just going to risk it. I'm going yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was, I was exaggerating, but uh, he did fumble his, his role to pick up the crystal. And uh, now his hand is evil and possessed and black. He, eventually, he decided to make a contract with the evil spirit that was possessing him. Blake's character still wants to just chop his arm off, despite everything. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that, yeah. that's a good workaround. Yeah, that yeah. was my number one thing was like, I'm going to cut off your arm. And he's like, no! <laughs> my evil arm! My evil arm! <laughs> Look at it, it's all evil and stuff. But it worked out well because everyone in the party had a different opinion. Yeah, to what it was actually like. quite a massive debate of what, what to do with this dude's bloody evil yeah. arm. When one of the guys is playing as the, a, a golem, so he's very analytical, and he's like, well... Clearly, this is soul magic beyond our control, but um, what's the worst that could happen? This reality is destroyed. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. But it was it was just interesting because, like, um, I f- walked away from that session thinking, like, man, Rory, I can't believe you planned all this stuff out. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this, how did you know that, like, th- this evil thing would become, like, such a main part of the of the story? And you were just, I just made it up as I went along. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was kind of put in the put in the spot yeah. there. Couldn't couldn't tell at all yeah. that you just made that up. It was yeah. great. That's good. And it became like the main focus of Yeah, that. yeah. And it's now what's yeah. going to happen with this guy's arm. <laughs> and yeah. um a while back we had a, a question to the podcast asking if we were going to do another one of those D&D episodes that um I it, I think it would be cool to like sort something out at some point, mm. but you know, mm. you're quite busy, so yeah, I'm. It's getting closer to the point where I can actually start taking it to publishers and mm. so on. So once is that po- that point, I've got to do some publicity. So definitely, oh, gonna right. be on, yeah, yeah. gonna want to be on the podcasts. Yeah, so that'd yeah, be cool. that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I guess that's it for episode forty-five, Front Seat Gamer. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can email us at uh, frontseatquestions at gmail dot com. Uh, our Twitter is at frontseatcast. Um, check out our Facebook at facebook.com slash frontseatcast and we have a wordpress uh where you can check out all our past episodes and that's uh frontseatgamer uh dot wordpress.com yep we had we had plenty more uh more finicky balanced design questions that we couldn't really go into on the podcast but if you have any questions just pm me on Path of Exile, and I'm sure I'll, I'll regret it. No, oh, I'm man, sure you'll be lovely questions. <laughs> I, I might respond to them every now and then, yeah, if you're, if you're nice. Um. <laughs> Why do you uh, absolutely refuse to acknowledge the ridiculous balance between CI and life? And that's the end of the podcast, guys. <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> for having me, everyone.
Did you see in the news as well that um, No Man's Sky on Steam dropped below a thousand concurrent players? No. Is, is that uh, amazing? No, that well, yeah, it's amazing because that's so few players. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Amazing. <clears throat> that fucking game, Rory. Did you get into it? To, no Man's Sky. Uh, no Man's Sky. I was uh, on holiday when it came out, and so I Good got call. all the news. And then when I got back, I was looking forward to playing it. And everyone was like, "Don't." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got plenty of other stuff to play. It's not worth that eighty bucks. Mm. Yeah. Well, so what, what is it worth? It's worth. I would have. I would pay. 30 no oh, yeah is is probably the most i'd pay mm. because there are games on steam that are doing like early access games that are doing similar things that are like 20 bucks mm. and mm. the amount of positive like uh reviews on there is just it's all mostly positive but mm -hmm. like no man's sky 80 bucks and it's like yeah no it's no. that hype money yep yeah it's yeah it totally is like i i i wonder right like if sony hadn't gotten involved how much that game would be do you think it was sony i reckon it was sony okay. they, they did um there was an article about that where sony admitted that the no man's sky marketing campaign probably wasn't the best idea yeah all right <laughs> there was so much praise for it though from like mm. giant bomb um like just journalists they were saying mm. like it's awesome that sony would let sean murray a guy just rock up in shorts and talk about his own video game yeah like, mm. they were praising that idea mm. like it is again. awesome but it's also like a cautionary tale to indie developers it like is, man you know don't you know don't say don't oversell your game you know don't say you've got multiplayer when you don't